Hey everybody, TLC back again to do with today's episode for this week. It's actually going to come out on Tuesday this time, which is nice. Uh, I'm not going to be backed up like the last two weeks, so sorry about that again. Anyway, today we're going to be talking about a uh, fun topic that is actually very, very important now that Roe v. Wade is gone and this whole abortion thing, pro-life thing has gone to the state level. It's more important than ever to, you know, have a very clear idea of where you stand in the abortion situation. Not only are you pro-life or pro-choice or neutral, like there's even a neutral anymore. I mean, to be fair, I feel like neutral is more pro-choice because neutral is like, I don't care what you do. And then the pro-choice people are like pro-abortion and the pro-life people are just pro-life. Like, I mean, they're just... They're pro not. They're anti-abortion. They don't like abortion. They want people to not be aborted. But then, even using the term anti-abortion is kind of wrong. I'll explain this in a second. But uh, first, before that, uh, two messages, real quick. First one is a big shout out. Thank you to Steve Dace, who uh, read my letter on air. That was very cool, actually. Nice to be noticed by someone who's actually making money off of this podcasting thing. Not just losing it constantly and getting, like, 12 viewers. Though, big shout-out to my, like, one viewer from Taiwan who's putting in, like, 420-somethingth place in Taiwan. Like, I'm ranked in Taiwan for some reason. I don't know how. Like, I mean, I'm assuming that there aren't that many political podcasts in Taiwan. So, like, I got on the list because a few people started watch- listening to it. But, like... I don't know. I mean, I haven't I haven't actually checked my Spotify analytics, so maybe there are, like, a ton of people watching this on Spotify that I just don't know about. Maybe there aren't. But I know from at least Apple Podcasts, there's, like, a lot of people in the U.S., or, like, a good amount of people. Not a lot compared to, like, obviously a big podcast, but this just started, so it's, like, a good amount of people and, like, a guy from Taiwan. Or a girl. Maybe a girl. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but, yes, thank you to all you people for watching and thank you to steve dace for that nice re uh shout out in on his show which is also very good you should watch that um and second message is we're actually going to be moving to rumble pretty soon once i you know figure out how to actually work that because that's maybe an ordeal probably not so bad it, it, it'll be up and running maybe by next week though most likely within two or three weeks Next week is uh, Wishful Thinking. The other thing is, like, uh, Rumble's going to give us, like, video uh, video coverage and all those kinds of things, which is very nice. So I'm just going to be able to actually show you guys my face and, like, actually show you guys stuff, which is very nice. And also, I think the quality will be slightly better, and all these things will just make it a lot better, which is good. All very good things. Anyway... Um, now that we have gotten through those things, let's have our meme segment as per usual. Today's, um, meme segment is less of a, like, actual physical meme, and more of, like, a meme in the terms of how people call, like, a general funny thing a meme, like a funny concept. Like, oh, that guy's a meme. I'm realizing that if any of my viewers are, like, above... 30, 35, they're not going to understand what I'm saying, most likely, but basically, uh, from my time uh, being more out uh, out in my pro-life activism, 
uh, on places like Twitter and whatnot. I've seen a lot of memes from other pro-lifers about people being people who are the pro-abortion, like protesters, LARPing as ketchup bottles. And it's in reference to the fact that they wear those Handmaid's Tale outfits that look like ketchup bottles. Like, it looks like a bottle of Heinz that they are wearing on their body because it's the red Handmaid's Tale outfit. And it's just so funny. If you look at an image of, like, a Handmaid's Tale protest... Like, you can't unsee it once you see ketchup bottles. Like, that's it. All you see is a bunch of women dressed up as ketchup bottles for some reason, and it's beautiful. And it's the best way to get over the thing of why are these women fighting to kill their own children. Just imagine them as a bunch of ketchup bottles, and then you can move on with your life and not have to worry about them, which is very nice. Instead, what you have to worry about is this podcast you're watching right now. And we are going to get into the actual pointed episode right now. So, as most of you people probably know, there are two main sides to the abortion argument. There is the pro-choice side and the pro-life side. The pro-choice side, as they call themselves, wants abortion to stay legal, and now I believe the general goal is they want abortion to just be, like, on demand at any time for any reason. Which is, which is just not, that's, that's just like not great at all. I've already explained multiple times as to why abortion in itself at any point for any reason at any time is not only evil, but also the literal legitimate killing of a child, even by dictionary definition. Though, tell that to most pro-choicers and they'll just scream things about women's rights in your face, so not like that really got off on them well. And then the pro-life side is the side that wants abortion to be banned. But it gets a little more complicated than that. Most of you already know that there are pro-choicers on varying degrees of how far they want to go think abortion should be legalized. Some people think it should only be like 15 weeks. Some people think it should be 24 weeks. Some people think it should be the entire time. But, I mean, their main thing is still abortion on demand for any reason. Like, that's the main big pro-choice statement mission statement whatever you like want to call it meanwhile the pro-life mission like mission statement if we're going to call it that is and has always been that we don't want abortion to exist anymore and that is true across pretty much anyone who calls himself a pro-lifer if you call yourself a pro-lifer and you don't think abortion should be banned you aren't really a pro-lifer you're something else because that's the basic like tenet of the movement that's like calling yourself a Christian, but you don't believe that Jesus Christ is God. Which was like a weird Christian heresy at some point in like the early church, like the 200s. But people were weird back then. They're weird now in lots of different ways and possibly weirder, but they were still weird back then. Uh, point here being, if you're pro-life, you think abortion is bad and we should get rid of it. Now... What should be done with the mother of the child and anyone associated with that with the act of the abortion is actually a big dividing point in the pro-life movement, which is what I'm going to talk about today. The difference between pro-lifers and abolitionists. So 
what you may originally be thinking is, hey, what, TLC, what, what do you mean abolitionists? Abolitionists are people who want to get rid of slavery. Yeah, well, now there is a new group called the Abortion Abolitionists who want to, as the name implies, abolish abortion. And then you'd say to me, oh, well, isn't that the same thing as pro-lifers? Yes. However, the main difference between the two groups is that pro-lifers do not support any penalties for the mother of the child, while abolitionists do. And even still, most abolitionist people don't want, like, the death penalty for the mother. Like, that's not a main tenet of even that subdivision of pro-lifers. Because that's always the thing you'll hear whenever somebody brings up, like, even the tiniest fathom of idea that maybe we should have some kind of penalties for abortion. They're like, ah, you want to kill the mother? You want to kill the mother? It's like, no, nobody's saying we want to put the mothers to death for abortion or stick them in jail for their entire lives. But you have to admit that it's somewhat hypocritical to say that abortion is murder, but then on the other hand, let the person who committed the murder get away with it without any kind of penalty whatsoever. Now, what the pro-lifers will usually say is that in most cases, women are coerced into abortion or culturally speaking, they've been led down this path and it's not really their fault. And while it's true that we have a culture of death, as many people like to call it in our society, where we just don't care about life in general and abortion is seen as this good, wonderful thing, they're still seeing abortion as this good, wonderful thing. And if you commit a crime, assuming that we make abortion legal, knowingly, then you should be penalized for it in some way. Like, even if, even outside of the legal sense, we're saying abortion is murder. We are saying that uh, it is killing a growing child. It is killing a living human child in the womb, which is what it is, scientifically speaking. So, it's hypocritical to claim that there should be no penalty whatsoever for the woman who is killing her child. And then people will say, oh, well, the abortionist is killing the child. But who's paying the abortionist to do it? In the case where somebody pays a hired killer or a mercenary to go kill somebody else, both the merc and that person are charged for murder because you hired them to kill the person, just in the same way that a woman who goes for an abortion hires a doctor to kill her baby. Doctor, in quotes, abortionists are not really doctors since they've broken the Hippocratic Oath as many times as they've aborted children. Now, pretty much everybody agrees there should be some kind of penalty for doctors. Like, I think that that's a thing that is generally agreed upon, as far as I know. But it's with the mothers, though, where you get the big division issue. And I'm not trying to spew hate against pro-life people or anything like that. Like, oh, they're dumb. They don't want to charge the mothers with anything. They're going to let them go free and keep killing kids. Like, no, it's not that. And obviously people who are who consider themselves pro-life and not abolitionists and don't support penalties from others at all have done all kinds of great, amazing work for the pro-life movement. So to attack them or demean what they've done would be wrong and also stupid. So I'm not here to do that. Personally, I believe that there should be penalties for women. 
that commit an abortion, that have an abortion, and anyone associated with them. I mean, if men could have abortions, which they can't because they can't get pregnant, then the penalty should be for them too. But, like, for example, if a man gives a woman pills or something like that, then he should also go to jail for a crime because he committed, he killed somebody, he killed his child. Like, that's the thing. If you're going to say abortion is murder, then treat abortion like murder. It doesn't seem like a hard thing to do, and I'm sure people aren't going to like the fact that I said that. Like, lots of people get very edgy and touchy about any sort of bringing up thing of, oh, maybe we should do something with the mothers. They should be charged with a crime. And nobody's saying that every single mother who ever had an abortion will go back and find you and arrest you and throw you in jail for the rest of your life. No. We're saying that once these laws go in place, anybody who does it after that will be charged. And obviously it will be treated as everything else in the justice system should be treated, where you are innocent until proven guilty, you have your right to trial by jury, and all of these things. And in cases of coercion that are very extreme or cases where the woman didn't know, like, for example, there was a case where a boyfriend, a guy drugged his girlfriend's, um, uh, like, drink of some kind. I guess, I guess it's like an alcoholic drink, like wine or something, because it can't be like water or else you'd probably taste it with a crushed up abortion pill and forced her to have an abortion, which is like one of the most sick, disgusting things a man can do to the woman he's supposed to be protecting and the child he's supposed to be protecting. Like, he's just an absolute beta male, and I'm not going to get into a whole thing about, like, the importance of masculinity and defending the woman and child right now, but I can get into that later at another point, and I can go for a while on that, and about how people these days are just utterly failing to, you know, work with the kind of whole chivalry and honor thing of masculinity and manhood that make men good and cool and everything that is good about our manhood comes from that and the society just destroyed that and men and women are to blame for that but again not gonna get into that now that might be next week might be a week after we'll see anyway in a case like that where she was just poisoned into taking the abortion pill and killing her own kid obviously she wouldn't be charged with anything she's a victim he would be charged with poisoning his wife uh killing his child through an abortion, as a.k.a. infanticide, though if we're not going to be giving life penalties, it would be a different charge than infanticide. Like, it wouldn't be the life penalty or death penalty charge. It would be, like, some certain amount of years in jail. Because, you know, it, it as much as we I think abortion should be treated as murder... If you think about it, it doesn't really make sense to treat it exactly the same because of, as pro-lifers say, those huge, big cultural shifts. And it's, like, I don't want to say unfair because that sounds dumb and you're like, oh, it's unfair. Like, after you just murdered your own child who didn't do anything to you and didn't get a chance to be born yet. But, I mean, it is really kind of ridiculous to lock up somebody for their entire life or just kill them for an abortion because they like there's a lot of stuff going into it and i think it should definitely be a penalty and it should be a heavy penalty that so that it will discourage people from doing it but not something like destruction 
absolute destroy your life, your entire life is gone, you're dead, you're in jail for the rest of it, no parole, nothing like that, no. Just a generally hefty sentence that will, one, discourage people from doing it, and two, show people that we're serious about treating abortion like the horror that it is. Another good point that abolitionists make is that not all women are victims in terms of abortion. There are lots of women who just go out and get abortions because they want to. They don't feel like raising a kid now, but they feel like going around sleeping around with people, so they're going to keep getting abortions. And that is horrible and sick. And I think that if you're having multiple abortions, there should definitely be a life sentence penalty on the second one. Like, I feel like second offense life penalty is a fair thing. The first offense should not be, shouldn't be more than 20 years in jail. Honestly, I think, I think like 10, 15 is fine. Like, but if you're doing it again after you've already been charged with like having an abortion once you you did that once we're like yeah okay we're cutting down this thing now and then you do it again like that's it goodbye you're killing kids adios see you later go to jail go directly to jail do not pass go do not collect 200 all that stuff like and you can attack me if you want for saying that it should be a life sentence on the second offense the second offense not the first one not the first one, the second offense. And this is not including people who had abortions before any kind of laws passed, only after. So if like if it's passed on April 25th or something like that, if you have an abortion on April 26th and you're charged, then 10 years later you get out, then you have an abortion again the next day, then you can go in for life because that's just ridiculous. Why would you do that? You are clearly somebody who's evil and enjoys killing children. And also, another point that people have come up with, not abolitionists, but like to refute the abolition point of having some kind of penalty for abortion is that people will be arrested for having miscarriages. But that's very, very different. Like... There's a big difference between miscarriage treatment and abortion, even if it's the same D- – even if there's a, both, a DNC process for both of them. You are going in for a miscarriage treatment or you're going in for an abortion. Like there are medical records there. They have the record. If somebody tries to arrest you for having a, mis- uh, having a miscarriage and claims that it was abortion, all they have to do is look at the medical record and they'll say, oh, miscarriage treatment. Okay, you didn't have an abortion. Well, uh, that sucks. I shouldn't have done that. And then they'll most likely get, like, fined or something. There, I'm sure there's a law against, like, unnecessary harassment and also detaining without, like, actual proof. A good idea would be to put something into law that means you have to have, like, looked at the medical records to confirm that they went into the clinic for an abortion before getting an arrest warrant for them. That would be a very good idea to avoid the thing of, oh, you had a miscarriage? Well, goodbye, off to jail. Like, (laughs) people, that is not the idea behind this. Nobody wants to send women to jail for having miscarriages. It's just an abortion. If you have an elective abortion, after the time when it becomes illegal, you will be jailed. For some period of time. If it, if you're proven guilty, obviously, you can be proven innocent. That's how the law works. 
if you didn't do it, you can be proven. I mean, you can be proven innocent either way, but the hope is that if you are innocent, you will be proven innocent, and if you're guilty, you'll be proven guilty, because that's just how it works for every single crime. And if we want to treat abortion like it, what it is, we should treat it like a crime in the law as well as in the culture. And that's where I think the big divide comes from here, because pro-lifers and abolitionists tend to butt heads because of this issue. And the difference is pro-lifers are fighting a culture war, while the abolitionists want to fight a legal war. And to be honest, in terms of the culture war, as much as we're doing well, I think we're at a general, like, not standstill, but somewhat of an armistice, maybe. Like, neither side is gaining humongous ground, like, in any real significant way since Roe. Since Roe was gone, like, that was the biggest win for us. And even so, that was greatly demeaned by abortion pills. So even though babies are being saved in all those states where people can't go to an abortion clinic anymore to get an abortion... If women are looking for an abortion, what they'll do is look up how to get an abortion in, insert state name here, like Oklahoma or something like that. And they'll find lots and lots of different websites where they can find abortion pills that are very readily accessible to them and easily able to be shipped. Like, this is not a good thing. The abortion pill is a very sadistic way to kill a child. Because it involves starving them to death in the womb and then crapping them out into a toilet. And then flushing them down the drain. So you flush the dead body of your child down the drain. And on top of that, it can also hurt you very badly. Chemical abortion is about ten times more dangerous than normal abortion. And a lot times more dangerous than just giving birth to a child normally. Because we can't do that anymore. It's too dangerous to give birth to a child, but it's perfectly safe to have a 40-year-old man stick metal tweezers up your uterus or take a poison pill that cuts off the natural functions of your body and causes you to clot and bleed so excessively that you have an induced birth and kill your own child inside your womb. These things are perfectly safe. But in the end, the pill, in terms of like actual scientific da- or medical damage, the pill can cause infertility, it can cause severe bleeding, it can cause hemorrhaging. It, well, it's hemorrhaging and severe bleeding the same thing, but like, when I say hemorrhaging, I mean that the bleeding doesn't really stop. Or like, just it keeps, uh, re- like, the wound keeps reopening. And it can cause, uh, indu- uh, uh, sorry, not induced, increased chance of miscarriaging or other kinds of complications during a later pregnancy. So, like, I don't understand why people think these things are so much more, so much safer than just giving birth to a child normally. Uh, but people will do anything to defend abortion, which is the other point I'm going to make here that. In the culture war, we have come... Well, not the other point, but the point I've been making is that in this culture war, we've come to basically a stalemate where there are lots of pro-life people, but there are lots of pro-choice people. And we can get people to our side 
and we tend to retain them very well. There are barely any stories yet, if any at all. Like, I've never heard one myself. I'm sure there's at least one story, but I've never heard myself a story of pro-lifers becoming pro-choice. There probably is at least one somewhere. I don't mean like, oh, I grew up in a Christian household, so I'm pro-life, then I became pro-choice when I turned into an edgy teenager. No, I mean like, like an actual pro-lifer, not just pro-life because I'm Christian or something like that. Like an actual person who was like a devoted pro-lifer becoming pro-choice. Because you have lots of people who were very devoted, devout pro-choicers who became pro-life, like Abby Johnson, uh, Bernard Nathanson, who both killed thousands of people, and by people I mean unborn babies in the womb, who are still people and children by every definition, both scientific and literal definition, dictionary definition, you can look it up. Um, they became pro-life, and there have been lots of other examples of that. But I've never heard one of, you know, a pro choice or I mean pro-lifer who's very devout becoming pro-choice but right now we still seem to be coming to this kind of standstill where neither side is really giving any ground here and pro-lifers are shooting down abolitionist bills that come up in congress or abolitionist bills are not willing to be heard even by pro-life politicians because they don't want to lose the base that thinks that women shouldn't be punished for these abortions. And the culture war is an important part. I'm not saying we should stop. We should never stop doing protests and rallies and all of these things. We should never stop going out and talking, but abolitionists go out and talk too. It's just that the problem is, a lot of times, we end up with a lot more, you know, fighting with people or a lot more people who aren't going to really change than people who will change. And if we want to end, like, save as many babies as possible and end abortion as quickly as possible, we could wait and go through the long and arduous culture war, which we will probably win by the end of it, the way it's going. It'll just be very, very slow and take a long time. Or we could focus on the legal side of it by getting majorities in Congress and the House and whatnot of people that are on our side and saying things like, oh, not saying things, but have a bill come out that says things like, you know, we there's this and this penalty for an abortion. And then once those bills come out, and if they become law, even abortion pills will become illegal because it'll be illegal to even have them. Like, for example, Wyoming banned the sale and reproduction of them, but that was only in Wyoming. Unfortunately, they get the pills from other places. So it's still not legal to buy and procure one in Washington, not Washington, Wyoming. It's legal to sell one. So you can't go to like a vendor on the street and they can't sell you, that vendor can't sell you any abortion pills. But these places that are selling them are usually international places or outside of state. Or even in some cases, there are psycho freaks who buy a bunch of pills and then give them out to people, thinking that they're being charitable. So, as much as that is a good step forward, it's it's not the uh, it's not the best way to go about it. So, in the end, we're going to have to make it illegal at some point, like. 
even pro-lifers, like, event, if the end goal of this is just making abortion unthinkable, there's never going to be no abortions, just like there's no murders. Like, or, like for example, there can be things that are unthinkable people still do. Like, most people think child rape is unthinkable. I don't think anybody in the planet who is sane would say that child rape is unacceptable or good thing to do or it's it's something that's unthinkable it's unthinkably evil and sadistic and psychotic and there are still people that do it and what do we do with those people we put them in jail so even if we make abortion unthinkable through a long culture war there will still be people who procure abortions most likely through pills since by then all abortion clinics will have been shut down so until we can do that, our best option is to make abortion illegal in every way and through some kind of penalty because it's not going to be good Like if we try to control the abortion pill market or something like that. We saw how the war on drugs went. Spoiler alert if you haven't been paying attention, drugs won like because they came in illegally from Mexico from all around, all, from every side of the border, other countries, and that's the same thing's going to happen with abortion pills. They'll just, they're just going to be the next thing the cartels are selling to us. Though, I mean, they won't be cartels in Mexico, probably, but somebody will be selling us abortion pills. Somebody will be selling our people abortion pills from somewhere else where they are still legal. And if it's not legal to buy them and use them, if there is no penalty for that, then nobody's going to stop. If we have a penalty for these things then people will stop doing them. I saw a really good idea once from someone who I'm not sure if they're just pro-life or an abolitionist, though I'm assuming they're an abolitionist, or maybe somewhere in the middle, which I'm going to get to in a second. But they said that there should be a grace period right after laws are passed. As any abor- anyone who has an abortion does not get charged with anything. Then after that grace period, you're done. It's over. If you, take an abor- if you have an abortion... You're going to get charged with uh, murdering your unborn child, and it'll be some kind of prison sentence. And I really like that idea, because I think that idea is like a good medium between everybody, where it's not like overly harsh, and we're being, you know, Christ-like and merciful to even to our enemies, even to people who are evil, and really attempting to like show them that we're not just out to get you. This is a thing because we really think this is evil and we're really trying to show you how evil this is. But still deals with the evil in the end. Personally, I think both sides make good points. Like, the pro-lifers make a lot of good points about the culture culture side of it. And they're a lot more powerful and have a lot more backing behind them and a lot more strength their movement than the abolitionists do at this point. The abolitionists make a lot of good points about the pro-life hypocrisy of treating, of, of saying abortion is murder and chanting abortion is murder, but not treating it like murder and not trying to have any penalty whatsoever for the woman who is, like, you know, who actually had the abortion. Only penalties for those people who help her get procure the abortion. Because in the end, if she went to the abortion and went for it herself, then she is the one who's guilty. Like, even if people helped her, and, like, maybe even if they nudged her toward it, she's still the one who did it. 
in the end. And the all of those nuances will be taken care of in court as the cases come up, just like nuances in murder are taken care of as the cases come up, and nuances in every crime are taken care of as the cases come up in court. It's not going to be a perfect thing from the minute it, the law comes out. There are going to be situations that we can't foresee, just like with everything else. But as more cases come up, we will be able to nuance them as we should. And the best part is that if there is a penalty for doing it, people will be a lot less eager to just, you know, get an abortion because it'll be illegal to do so. We already know the back alley abortion numbers are a hoax made up by Bernard Nathanson, Dr. Bernard Nathanson. He already admitted to that. While the things exist, they are very small in number, and the women who die, even though women die from it and it's sick and tragic, is still a small number in terms of the amount of people that will be saved by banning abortion. And hopefully, those if we actually crack down on the illegal practices, the amount of illegal practices will go down because there will now be an actual penalty for it. Like, it won't just be like, oh, you had an abortion? Cool, that was kind of dangerous. You shouldn't have done that. Like, now it'll be like, oh, you go to jail if you have one, and the person who helped you go to jail. So we'll find the doctor, the abortionist is what they should be called, and the woman who did it and anyone who helped her, and they'll all be charged. The doctor and the woman with murder... And, I mean, depending on what her allies who helped her did, they'll either be accessories or be charged with the murder as well, depending on how, you know, actively they helped her. Just think that a society that doesn't punish people for killing their own children isn't a good society. Like, there's no way that can be a moral society if there's no punishment for killing your own children. And a law that doesn't have any penalty behind it is basically just a suggestion. Both sides of the pro-life side, the pro-lifers and the abolitionists make good points. They both have certain things maybe could be critiqued. However, I think that on the issue of abortion, we need to leave those things, kind our differences behind a little bit and be willing to work together. I think that the relations, like the, not relations, the interaction I've seen between pro-lifers and abolitionists have been more hostile than pro-choice, than, like, you know, interaction between pro-choicers and pro-lifers sometimes, which is absolutely ridiculous. Why should we be infighting when there are over 2,000 children dying every day? We have no time to be infighting. We have to be working to stop this. Now, whether that, whether you want to take the pro-life approach or the abolitionist approach, I guess that's ultimately up to you and up to God and however that's going to end up. We should be working together to stop abortion and let any law that's going to actually slow down abortions or stop them get through. We shouldn't be cutting down other people's laws and attempts to stop abortion just because they don't line up exactly what we think. This is kind of like the Protestant Catholic argument from that episode a few, a few, a few weeks ago. It was quite a bit ago. Where it's like, as much as Protestants and Catholics have a lot of uh, issues with each other and butt heads in a lot of issues, in the end we have to work together because we're living in a society that kind of hates both of us. I feel like they tend to hate Catholics more because they tend to be conservative more often. But like any, like, you know, devout Christian is kind of looked down on by society nowadays. 
because of our views, which tend to, you know, lean a little more to the conservative side and things, you know, like obviously views on abortion. And I think that in the issue of abortion, this is a problem that people need to be able to put aside small differences for. Like, I understand that, if we're going to use the Protestant Catholic example, you guys have, like, big different issues on the Bible and all these things. And the Bible is big and important. I mean, that's not a tiny issue. The Bible is the Bible is an important book. It's the most important book of our faith. However, if there are 2,000-plus of God's children dying every day, you'd think he cares a little bit more about us trying to stop that than us arguing over what exactly each verse means specifically. Like, I mean, to be fair, you can interpret them as you'd like, and I'm sure there is a specific interpretation for whatever, you, for whatever you're looking for, and we can debate and talk about that all you want, but there are still 2,000-plus children dying every day from abortions. So if we are really Christian, we should be fighting against that first. Like, the Orthodox and the Catholics put aside their differences to do the Crusades, so we need to do that again. But now the Orthodox, Catholics, and the Protestants all need to put aside their differences and go fight against the new evil that came up instead of, you know, Muslim jihad. Not to say Muslims are evil, but the jihads were pretty, pretty bad. They were killing a lot of people and forcing them to convert to Islam or die, which I think everyone can agree is not a good thing. Forcing anybody to convert to any religion, any religion or forcing anybody to do anything under the threat of killing them is a bad thing in general. Everybody can agree on that. So now, with other people being killed, in this case being unborn babies being killed in huge numbers, we should be working together to stop that. And the pro-lifers and abolitionists should work together to stop abortion. It's an evil thing, and it's not going to stop unless we all work together to do it. I'm, that sounds really like, you know, dumb and cheesy, like we're all in this together. But like, you know, we actually have to work together to stop it. We do not have the ability to waste time in fighting. Like, it's not something we can do on this issue. This is not an issue we can back down on at all. Like, you can do your inner debate about what exactly we should do with it after we've actually won and ended abortion. Because both sides want to end abortion. They just want to do it in different ways or have different outcomes at the very end. And we haven't gotten to that end goal yet. So there is no point fighting over the end goal when we haven't even gotten there yet. The important thing is to make sure that we can save the lives of the children that are being killed every day and work to make a society that accepts and appreciates and loves life in its culture and in its laws. Well, thank you guys for coming to uh, today's episode. I hope you guys all enjoyed it. Again, please be sure to follow me on Twitter at WeNeedTLC. Be sure to give me a like. Uh, follow, definitely, please follow. I like. I don't care if you don't like any of the posts, you don't retweet anything, or quote anything. Just, just please, like, just please follow the account. I'm nearly at 100 followers. We're we just broke 70, so you know, hopefully soon. You know, you never know. And uh, be sure to keep watching episodes. Show your friends if they'd be into this. Uh, we'll be going on to Rumble soon, so that's very good. 
I did tell you guys this already, but once we're on Rumble, we'll get some nice video going. That'll be good. So just thank you to everybody who watched the episodes again, and I will see you guys next week. God bless. See you guys later.